Well, God is good. And all the time. Give me one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Not fixing like a phone call. I left my iPad at home. <laughs> and <I'm laughs> uh, you better be careful. You can't even use your phone for GPS in your car while you're driving now in the whole state of Tennessee. That law went into effect July the 1st. Uh, if you're going to use your phone as a GPS, you better program it and get it put somewhere and locked. You're not able to, they'll stop you, they say, if they see it in your hand for any reason. So that's something that just went into effect. Uh, and, uh, of course, I've got Bluetooth on, on my car like most of these vehicles do. And uh, my phone is paired to it. And uh, I was uh, out yesterday um, Oh, I went to Sam Ash. We we got a small portable uh, PA system uh, to uh, to use for outings and uh, like what's coming up Saturday. And um, uh, my phone started ringing, but it wasn't ringing through uh, the uh, the Bluetooth and coming through my car. And I looked up. I seen the little. It showed it being connected. And, uh, and uh, I had my phone plugged up, charging it. I looked over in the seat beside me, and I seen uh, it was Darlene. And, uh, you know, I started, I started once just to go ahead and reach it. I thought, I better not do that. My luck is somewhere around here watching. Uh, yeah, Darlene, I said, look, she don't like that word luck. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but um, I... I, it kept ringing until, until it stopped and everything. And as I was trying to figure out why I wouldn't pick up through the car, and then she, it started ringing again. And all of a sudden, it just decided to, to do what it should do. Uh, and, uh, but uh, uh, we, uh, uh, I'm just thankful that uh, uh, God has blessed us up to this point. We're going to get started into our... Uh, lesson tonight. We want to welcome everybody um, who's watching by means of the live stream uh, and uh, didn't know for sure who's going to be able to get it uh, tonight. As some of a lot of folks maybe know that Facebook itself has been having problems all day long uh, uploading just plain pictures and then videos and everything, but. Uh, I think Chris has got things uh, working up there, so uh, we're going to get started, and we're continuing our series on spiritual warfare, prepared for battle. Um, I feel like, personally, this is one of the most important lessons I have taught in a long time, because I want everybody to know and understand uh, if you're trying to live for God, you're in the middle of a battle. Uh, the devil despises you. Uh, he can't stand for you and what you believe in. And the devil is your enemy, the Bible said. He, he's your adversary. And he will work through anything to get to you. He 
He'll work through your finances. He'll work through your health. He'll work through family members. He'll work through church folks that you're acquainted with. Uh, sometimes the devil will use you to get to somebody else and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. We're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And it's a battle, and let me tell you this, it's a battle you cannot afford to lose. Why is that? Because your soul's at stake. Your soul's at stake. So let's get started tonight into our lesson. And um, this week we're going to be talking about warfare in the mind. Warfare in the mind. I want to begin this evening by asking a question. It's not a question that you will speak up uh, an answer or lift a hand, but it's something I want you to really think about uh, in, in your mind and your spirit. Uh, do you realize the importance of having a sound mind? Uh, there's so much about our our health we take for granted. Uh, if you can get up and have the power to walk on your own, you get something to be thankful for. Because uh, a lot of people don't have that. Uh, and the power of, uh, to be able to see, the power to be able to speak. Uh, but this also includes our mind. And I wonder sometimes how many really realizes the importance of having a sound mind. Having a sound mind is just as important as having a sound body. To, uh, to have, now to have a sound mind, what I'm referring to, to have all the capacities of your reasoning and intellect healthy and functioning while keeping your emotions intact. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, having, all the, having all the capacities of your reasoning and intellect healthy and functioning and then also keeping your emotions intact because your emotions is part of your mind also. Uh, we refer to it a lot with a heart, but your heart is just, a, just another muscle that pumps blood. And, um, but it's important to have those intact. Well, there are some people who do not realize the importance of having a sound mind unto their own mind or maybe the mind of someone that they love or that's near to them begins to show signs of instability in some kind of way. Uh, when your mind begins to show signs of being unstable or somebody that, that is near to you, uh, I think a lot about Glenn Campbell and what the man went through uh, the last um, uh, couple years of his life while he, uh, after he received that diagnosis and uh, some of the things 
like that that keeps a person from having a sound mind. And this is really bad. I mean, this thing is getting about as bad as a cancer. I'm talking about uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. And, and getting a little uh, a step further, schizophrenia. Uh, all these things are d- diseases of the mind uh, and more. But I think about Glenn Campbell. And um, uh, he started one last tour uh, with his children. Um, and he wrote a song. And the last song he wrote, uh, I'm not going to miss you. And that man, that'd make that's a tear. Talk about a tearjerker. Um, uh, he knows he knows in his mind uh, that he's he was going to be gone, and didn't, well, wouldn't know nobody. He said, "But I'm not going to miss you, because you don't miss what you don't know." And uh, so, it's in, uh, the the importance of having a sound mind. Uh, it's very it's it's very important. Our mind is very important to us because it is our decision making mechanism. If we lose an arm or a leg, we are to some extent restricted, but can still make decisions and enjoy a reasonable quality of life. Uh, there's a lot of people that have lost a limb, but. Um, still able to enjoy a reasonable quality of life. We can never even lose some of our internal organs and yet continue to maintain a fair degree of independence. However, if we lose our mind, with it we lose also the ability to function independently and select our options, thus become dependent on someone else. Hallelujah. I, I don't know how you, you feel about it, but, you know, and of course, we, it, it all, we, it all don't, always don't work out the way we want to. But before I would get in a state like that, I'd rather the Lord just take me on. Hallelujah. Because, uh, I mean, really, uh, somebody like that's gone, gone anyway. Uh, you know, I'm... Uh, when I went in one time, when my when my dad was going through dementia and everything, we at the time was was living in in uh, Kentucky, and uh, we would come down and uh, to visit. And uh, uh, my dad was gone to me uh, a good while before he died, and I realized that when when I walked in and I talked to him. Uh, and he he didn't know me. He called he called me Logan, which was one of his brothers, an uncle of mine. And and, and uh, Uncle Logan had already been passed on for a while. Uh, and so uh, that's a a bad state of affairs to be in. Uh, so this is because of the importance of the mind is one reason why the devil targets there. And there, there is a warfare of the mind going on in the mind. Apostle Paul, in admonishing a younger Timothy, he wrote to him, and, he, and when you read what he wrote, you know that he was writing to Timothy 
concerning shyness, fear, and being timid in stepping up and doing what he had been ordained or called to do. There's a lot of people, God tries to get them to move in the kingdom, but they they don't do it because they're too shy, they're too timid, and they have have fear. Uh, And um, evidently, Timothy uh, in his early days was going through some of this. Uh, but And Paul was right in admonishing to him to step up and do what God had ordained him and called him to do. In essence, he told him that you've got the power to control those things, talking about being shy, being timid, and, and, and having fear. You've got the power to control those things with your mind. That being said, this is what Paul wrote him. He said, first, uh, uh, first, Second Timothy, excuse me, chapter one, verses six through eight. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now, now let's let's get a hold of this now. Paul told Timothy, you got a gift in your life. You've had this gift ever since I laid hands on you and prayed over you. God imparted this to you. He gave you something to do. If there's something God desires of you, don't waste it. Don't throw it away. Don't let it be hindered by the devil in any kind of way because God will eventually take it away from you and give it to somebody else that will use it. So he said, I want you to uh, stir up the gift of God. Get it activated. Get it going. Don't be a pew warmer. Don't sit on the pew. God called you for a purpose, for a reason. Jesus didn't save you just so you could go to heaven, but every one of us, every one of us here, do you know the church is the body of Christ? Do you know Jesus right now don't have a physical body? When he went away, he went back to what he was before. Spirit form, did you know that? And the body he has, we're his hands, we're his feet, we're his mouthpiece. If we don't do the job, the job will not get done. Hallelujah. Let's continue reading. He said, I want you to stir up that gift of God that's in you. He said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. So then, let me read the other one. 
Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Notice that now. First, he told them to stir up the gift that's within you. Get it activated. Get it moving. Start using it. It's there. Don't, God ain't giving us a spirit of fear. Don't be afraid to do something. Don't be afraid to get active in the kingdom of God. Then he says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me its prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. Don't be ashamed. Nobody else can do like you can do what God has called you to do. You don't have to be the best singer in the world, but you still sing for the glory of God. Whatever it is, a testimony, a word to someone. Ministry is not just standing behind a Bible stand and preaching. I, I, I can tell by a lot of the testimonies that Sister Margie gives that she ministers where she works, people she knows, uh, and that's, that's what God expects us to do. He, he don't want us to be backward about it. He don't want us to be shy about it. He don't want us to be ashamed of Jesus. So, you can see just how important a healthy, not only a healthy mind, but a spiritual mind is. Not only to function in life, but also in following the will of God toward each our own personal God-ordained destinies. Every one of us has got a destiny ordained by God. Every one of us. God has got some place he wants to lead you personally to in him. Sadly, a lot of people won't never realize what God has got uh, because of not being able to do what I'm, I'm talking about here uh, tonight. Therefore, listen to me. And if you take notes, definitely write this down. Ground zero for spiritual warfare is always in the mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, that word, by the way, that word fear back there that, that, that Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about, sound, sound mind, well, the word, the word fear uh, in the Greek also means to be, to be shy, to be timid. Matter of fact, some Bible translations uses the word timid there. And uh, uh, I, I wanted I to bring, bring that out. When you talk about uh, 9-11, we know what ground zero is. It's what happened to the, uh, uh, the World Trade Center. Well, ground zero for spiritual warfare is always in your mind. If Satan can control your mind, 
He controls you. Hallelujah. If Satan can control your mind, he controls you. So, ground zero, keep that important. Uh, uh, there's a battle going on for your mind. And when I say that, I'm talking about your reasoning, your emotions, your intellect, all those, all those things that function through your mind. So, it's important to reinforce the mind. And that's what I want to talk about uh, briefly tonight, reinforcing the mind. Uh, if ground zero is the mind, then we have got to get our mind secure. We have got uh, to uh, do something to protect that mind. Now, your mind is like a computer. It's like a computer. And any computer has to be programmed. They have to be programmed. And I'm just going to tell you right now, the reason why a lot of Christians have so much trouble is because what they program into their mind. Now, I'm not like some who um, preach against television for the sake of television. I'm, I remember a lot of them old-time uh, preachers would talk about sitting at home, bless God, watching them one-eyed devils, <laughs> monsters, whatever. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. There's some junk and garbage that's on there that you don't need to put into your mind. You don't need... Because listen, the devil, if the devil, if you open the door of your mind, the devil's going to walk in. He's going to get you thinking thoughts you got no business to think. We was in church many years ago. This is before Sister Darlene and I got married, but we were going together. And um, we was at a, at a church, uh, uh, I don't know, it, it was at night. Uh, I don't know if it was a Sunday night or Wednesday night or, or, or what it was, but there was an elderly lady uh, sitting in church, and they were taking prayer requests. And uh, I don't think it's on no more, but there used to be a soap opera of the name As the World Turns. <laughs> uh, as the World Turns or As the Stomach Churns, whichever. <laughs> And um, I never did watch that one. Uh, I did at one time when I was working second shift. I, I, I watched a little bit of that young and restless. But the thing about that, they're not young. They're just restless. Um, <laughs> and um, you can watch it, and then you can not watch it for three months and go back and still be able to figure out what's going on. Um, but uh, they were taking prayer requests. And bless her heart, that little lady got up and uh, she was watching as the world turns and there was somebody on there who was in the hospital and uh, they was talking about they was at the point of death and she requested prayer for them. She said, 
I just hope and pray when I check in on her tomorrow at 11 o'clock or whatever time it was, she's still going to be alive. <laughs> and everybody in the church, and there was about 60 or 70 people there that night, everybody just rolled. Uh, and, and she, you know, she's she standing there. And she didn't have a clue uh, <laughs> what was going on. But it, it got into her mind. Uh, and uh, any, any kind of way... You open up your mind for the devil to come in, he's going to come in. Uh, and so they're so, you know, they're still got, they get, still got a channel turner on there. And you know when to change, channel, change channels, you realize and know when there's something on there you, you got no business watching. Uh, that's, why, that's one of the ways to reinforce your mind. Don't let some of that stuff program into your mind. Because you're trying to be more spiritual, not more carnal. Um, and so we are going to go, and, and by reinforcing the mind, I want, to, I want to read a part of the scripture. We read this last week, and we're going to be back with it again uh, in, in the future. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And I've got the word wiles there highlighted, Ephesians um, 6 and 11. I got to running that down, and you come up with, Definitions such as methods, uh, tricks, uh, things of that nature for the definition of that word wiles. But the biggest one that stuck out to me, and I went to two or three other Bible translations, and they all translated that word wiles with this word, strategies. Strategies. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the strategies of the devil. So having found that out, I looked up that word strategy in the dictionary, and this is what it told me. A strategy is a plan, method, or series of maneuvers for attaining a specific goal or result. The science or art, and this is what blew me away because we're talking about spiritual warfare, it's the science and art of combining and employing the means of war and planning and directing large military movements and operations. Let me, let me say something to you that I hope will, will wow you right here. The devil is making strategies of how to get you to quit, to give up, to fall, to say, what's the use? Hallelujah. I guarantee you, 
the devil's contemplating some kind of strategy against everybody in this building tonight, against everybody that's watching by means of live stream. The devil is constantly coming up with plans and methods and maneuvers, employing a means of war, and it's a spiritual war against the body of Christ. Strategies, now let's go a little bit further. Strategies are formed right here in the mind. And if ground zero, and listen to this, get this, man, I, man, I, I, really, I really got into this today. I spent several hours uh, going over this. And if ground zero for spiritual warfare for the devil is in your mind, there is where reinforcement must begin. Hallelujah. Right there in your mind is where reinforcement of your mind has got to be. There are two steps involved in this, and I hope I can get I don't know my time is quickly getting away from me. But step one, the way to uh, reinforce your mind to help guard against the devil tearing you down and taking you out is to renew your mind by repentance. Hallelujah. I'm a firm believer that every child of God should pray every day and say, God, I repent. Whether you think or know you did a wrong or sin or not. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things we all do to be sure about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I'm trying to uh, uh, work out my checkbook, and uh, I've had I've had I've had enough of overdraft charges in the past, where they really stick it to you with the fees. Sometimes I go back over and refigure three, four, five times. Why? Because I want to be sure. Hallelujah. I mean, you you take your automobile to get it serviced because you want to be sure about something. Amen. How much more about our spiritual man? We need to make sure that our mind is reinforced because that's where the devil's going to bombard. That's where he's going to try to intrude on you in your mind and in your thinking. And the way that we do that, the first step is renew your mind through repentance. Romans 12 and 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So, looking at that verse, this is what I want you to get a hold of out of it. There must, look at somebody and tell them must. (laughs) There must 
be by necessity a transformation of everyone who desires to defeat the enemy of your soul. Hallelujah. There's got to be a transformation. And that word transformation, I, I used that in another message not long ago, I remember. The Greek word for transformation right there is metamorphosis. And it means simply to change. To change. That transformation or change only comes by one way. Look, be ye transformed or be changed by what, what avenue, what way? The renewing of your mind. The only way that you can transform yourself and change yourself is to renew your mind. Oh, hallelujah, this, this is good. Renewing the mind I looked it up and it says to renovate by tearing down and rebuilding. <laughs> There's a lot of folks that need to renovate. <laughs> well, what's that program on one of the TV channels, the Property Brothers? They go in, they go in with a sledgehammer and start slinging. Tearing stuff out, moving whole walls. And once they get all that and get it renovated and rebuilt, it don't look like the same house. It's amazing. Well, you know what we need to do? We need to do some renovation to our mind. <laughs> Bless God, mine needs a lot of help, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Kind of like a picture of a little, little girl I posted one, one time. So she said, my mind's not, uh, not the problem. She said, it's my facial expression. <laughs> Amen. That's what needs deliverance. Hallelujah. It's amazing how you can look at the expression on some people's face and know what they're thinking. <laughs> Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, renewing of the mind means to renovate by tearing down and rebuilding. And listen, church, that exactly is what repentance is. That's what repentance is. Hallelujah. Let me read this verse, Romans 12 and 2 at least part of it again, out of a new translation, God's Word translation. Don't become like the people of this world. You know, King James says, don't be conformed. God's Word translation says, don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. There you go. That's what repentance is. Have a change of mind. A new thought pattern. Hallelujah. Praise God. When somebody comes to the Lord and gives their life to God, they don't think the way that they used to think. If they've really been changed, if there's been a transformation. 
I'm, I've got to go on. I want to get this last one so I can go further next time. Let me talk about step two. Step two, and we're talking about reinforcing the mind, is to wrap or tighten up your mind. After you've repented and you change your way of thinking, then you gotta you got to wrap up or tighten up your mind to get it reinforced so the devil can't come in and put stuff there that don't belong. What am I talking about here? I'm glad you asked. 1 Peter 1 and 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That means the coming of Jesus Christ. All right, there's a couple things I want to share here as we wind this up for tonight. We're talking about wrapping up or tightening up the mind. He said, gird, gird up. What does that mean? That's, that's a word that, that it's not used much anymore in, in, in the day we live in. But I want you to notice this uh, this diagram. Hmm. That poor guy's got legs about as ugly as mine. <laughs> How to gird up your loins. Back in the days of Christ, men uh, didn't wear uh, pants like we wear over here in our culture, but you can see up there at the top, you can see the guy in his clothes, his outfit. Now, that's, that's good for normal activity. But if he's got to run, if somebody's chasing him, he ain't going to run very fast and very far. He's going to trip all over himself. <laughs> he going to trip all over himself. So what, what he would do back in those days, and this went on for thousands of years. This was, this was done back in the days of King David. Uh, I mean, this was something that was a normal thing. He would grab that garment, pull it up, wrap it around, and tie it. And then, notice in the bottom corner, right-hand corner over here, the sword in the sand is running. He's ready to fight. He can run. He can do whatever he needs to do because he's girded up. This goes along with something Jesus said in the New Testament talking to us. He's uh, being ready. Gird up your mind means to be ready. You... You better be ready because you don't ever know when the devil's going to attack you. Hallelujah. Jesus said, let your loins be girded and the lights burning. Kind of like Motel 6. Leave the light on. Hallelujah. Leave a light on. He said, 
Keep your loins girded. We got to always be ready. Hallelujah. Always expect the, you know, we talk about expecting God to do some good things. You better expect the devil to do some bad because I guarantee he's working a strategy right now. Sister Tina, I guarantee you the devil's working a strategy right now to see how he can trip you up tomorrow. Same thing with Brother Douglas. Same thing with Hubert Cassie. With me. He's, he, he, he's, he's, got his, uh, he's got his team in hell working around the clock, coming up with some kind of strategy. So you better always be ready. Always have at least one or two feet in front of, of him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close it at that point right there. Uh, and um, 